Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you so much for your presence and thank you so much for being here. Hey, we're gonna dive right in this morning. We are in a sermon series that's just simply called We Are For. Uh, the whole idea of this sermon series is that a lot of times culture wants to define us by the things that we're against. And so we wanted to pause and take a few weeks and celebrate, study, be challenged by, be encouraged by some things that we are for. And, and so this morning, we are gonna look about the fact that we are for God's kingdom. And more just than God's kingdom, we are for living under the authority of the king. Now, there's lots of kingdoms, right? So right now, currently in our current day world, there's 43 different sovereign states. But the kingdom that we're gonna look at today is bigger than all of those kingdoms. In fact, there's no authority that is over the king or the kingdom that we're gonna be talking about today. And the beautiful thing about that is that the king himself invites us in to have a relationship with him and we'll explore that today. And really, there's two verses of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, one is in the Old Testament. One is in the New Testament. And so what I would like to do is I want to read these, but they're short enough. It's just two verses. And so I want to invite you actually to read those along with me. And so if you don't mind, will you just stand in honor of God's Word? And let's read these two verses together. Uh, we are going to start in Psalms 145 verse 13, and then we will go to Luke. Let's read Psalms 145 verse 13 together. The scripture says this, and read it with me. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. And then Luke 2, 52, read with me again. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Thank you so much for standing in honor of God's word. You may be seated this morning. And when we explore these verses and we explore this king and we explore this kingdom this morning, the thing that I want us to grab a hold of, the thing that I want us to see more than anything else to shine bright is this statement. The beauty of the kingdom of God is best seen and experienced in the deep. I just wanna say that again. The beauty of the kingdom of God is best seen and experienced in the deep. So in our time together, I, what I wanna do is I just wanna paint a picture of this kingdom and really this king who sits on the throne in this kingdom because you have a key role in that kingdom. And, and then I wanna to, to look at the Luke passage and I wanna talk about four Truths or four realities, four actually practical steps that you can take to increase your relationship with that king. Now, I don't want to assume that all of us have a really good understanding of what this kingdom is or what this king is. And so uh, when we talk about the kingdom, you have to understand the kingdom in the scriptures is heavily themed all throughout the New Testament. 
It's mentioned like over a hundred times in the gospel itself, all over the New Testament, and then also in the Old Testament. And there is a lot to it. There's a lot to this king and this kingdom. And what I want you to think about, even before we kind of get into the text, is think with me as think about think about an onion, all right? So when you take an onion and you peel it, you get another layer. And then you take that, un- that layer and you peel it and then you get another layer. And there's layers after layers after layers. And what you'll see about this kingdom is that it's rich and full and vibrant and that there are layers after layers after layers. But unlike an onion, once you go deeper, it gets larger instead of getting smaller. And so this morning, as we look at that verse in Psalms 145, verse 13, I want us to look, to look specifically at this word dominion. And I wanna look at three truths about the kingdom that'll help us understand the kingdom and the king better this morning. The first truth is that word dominion. And the first truth is this, is that God rules and reigns over all. Now that's a truth that we all can take to the bank this morning. Because the truth is that there's probably some of us that desperately want in this room to hitch our wagon to something that is bigger than us. That we can have an anchor and the king is the king, the kingdom rules over everything else. There's nothing that's under that rule. And for us, there's no end point in that kingdom. Consider with me in Psalms 103, 19, the scripture says this, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. It doesn't just rule sometimes. It doesn't just rule when he feels like it. He doesn't just rule at certain places, at certain times, but this rule and this king is all the time, in all the things, in all the circumstances. The Lord reigns in the heavens and on earth and everywhere and in all things. Now that can be comforting for a lot of us because the truth is, folks, we live in the chaos of life, don't we? We absolutely live in the chaos. And it's comforting to know that God is our anchor and he is bigger than all of the chaos. However, it may be confusing to some. And what I mean by that is because a question may arise that if God is the king and he rules over a kingdom that is over everything, including the earth, then, then, then why do we live in such a broken, desperate world that is marred by hopelessness and depression and death and loss? And, and, and the answer is that, man, our world is absolutely paralyzed by sin. Adam and Eve were the first ones to make the choice of sin, and every single person who's lived since then, including you and me, have chosen the choice of sin as well. 
And that has led to the desperation and the destruction of this world. But under God's authority and only, only under God's authority and under his sovereignty, he allows the enemy to rule this world. Listen to verse John 5, 19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And even though God allows, allows, that's a key word, allows the enemy to rule this world, please understand that he is still under the rule and the reign of our God. Our God rules over all. So in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your failed relationships, in the midst of your job loss, in the midst of your disease, God rules. And we may not understand it, but we can anchor ourselves to that truth. The first reality of the kingdom is that God rules and God reigns. And we come to the second um, reality and we see that in the verse 13, it says the word endures. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion, what does it say? Endures. The second reality of the kingdom is that the gospel wins and the gospel wins every single time. The gospel is good news. It's what that word means. It's the solution to our sin problem that I just talked about. And God decided that it was that the kingdom of God would be most gloriously revealed in a crucified and risen king. So Jesus, in his perfection and through his sacrifice, made a way for us to have a relationship with the king. So we, you and me, every single one of us, we can have a relationship with the king because in this kingdom, there is a king and his name is Jesus Christ. And he understood our sin problem. And so he willingly came to this earth and he willingly died a horrible death so that you don't have to die that death. And the scripture teaches us that if you repent of your sins and if you believe that he was raised from the dead, then you choose to follow him that you too can have a relationship with this king. The gospel wins every single time. And for some of you, that's the most important thing you need to hear this morning. And if you're here saying, I think that may be me. I think I need to make that decision. I mean, I would love nothing more than to have a conversation with you at the end of this message at that glass room behind the sound booth. It's called the Next Step Room. And we would love to talk to you about this King Jesus. The second reality of the kingdom is that the gospel wins every time. The third reality, look with me again in verse 13. It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your, and your dominion endures what? Throughout all generations. The third reality is that the believers are ambassadors for the king. We, we get to be that. We, we get to be ambassadors for the king. Now, there's this theological concept that's called already, but not yet. And the whole idea is that, is that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, boom, you are entered and ushered into the kingdom. You are now a citizen of the king and you live within the kingdom. However, you still live in the United States. You still live in Dallas, Texas. You're still part of the culture of this world. 
And so there's two realities at play. But we are not from here. Our residence, if you are a believer in Jesus, is not this culture any longer. It's a new standard. It's a new creation. You are part of the kingdom. And you have an opportunity to be an ambassador of that kingdom. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and, it, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are citizens of the kingdom, but we live in a world that is ruled by the enemy. But we have this unbelievable opportunity to give great pictures of the kingdom to everybody we come in contact with. It's an unbelievable opportunity. This, this is why believers can have so much hope and joy in the midst of our chaos. You know, I, I'm reminded of, of what Jesus, as he's teaching us to pray in Matthew chapter six, in the Lord's prayer, he says, thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. God, usher in your kingdom and use us as his believers to help make that possible, to show really good pictures of who the king is. We long to see Jesus reign fully in people's lives and in my life, and in the world. And when you are a believer in Jesus, you are invited into that kingdom. I'm reminded of what Jesus says in Mark chapter four, and he's talking to his disciples about the kingdom, and he calls it a mystery. See, the people who aren't believers, the people don't, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they don't understand all of this. The, the scripture says that it is a mystery for them. But Paul in Ephesians chapter two says, this mystery, this kingdom, it is attainable for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, this kingdom is no longer a mystery because you are a part of it. And the truth is this, the more you get to know him, the clearer this kingdom is the more vibrant it is, the richer it is, the more full it is, and it's never, ever ending. You know, I love, um, I love the way that C.S. Lewis talks about this, right? And so C.S. Lewis, in his last book called uh, The Last Battle, it's the seventh book of the book of the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Uh, and, and Narnia is just this, symbol of God's kingdom. And, and now this is not scripture at all, but I wanna just read this, this passage to you because I think it gives a really good picture and C.S. Lewis does a really good job of painting a picture and the fullness of the kingdom. Now in this little, uh, little passage that I'm gonna read you, there's a couple people you need to know. If you don't know what Narnia, please understand there's a girl in this little uh, passage called Lucy. And Lucy is just a little girl who experiences Narnia. And then there's Mr. Tumnus. And Mr. Tumnus is Lucy's friend who guides her through this world of Narnia. And this is what C.S. Lewis writes. The further up and the further in you go, the bigger everything gets. The inside is larger than the outside. And Lucy looked hard at the garden and saw that it was not really a garden at all, but a whole world with its own rivers and woods and seas and mountains. But they were not strange. She knew them all. I see, she said, this is still Narnia. 
and more real and more beautiful than the Narnia down below. I see a world within a world. Narnia within Narnia, yes, said Mr. Tumnus, like an onion, except that as you continue to go in, each circle gets larger than the next. And I love that picture of the kingdom, that the more you know Jesus Christ, the more vivid and real the kingdom is for you. I want to give you just a real world example of this. Um, and, I, and I want to ask you, are, are any of you colorblind in here? I, I know one of my friends is colorblind. He's sitting over there somewhere. Uh, is any, are you colorblind? Uh, what I want to do is I want to show you a couple pictures. And I want to show you what somebody who's colorblind sees and then what that picture in full color is, right? So, so look with me right here. Look at this first picture. This is a stoplight. Now, if you're colorblind, this is how you may see a stoplight, right? Now, if you're not colorblind in full color, it looks like this. Now, if you're sitting here thinking, it looks the same, All right, next picture. There's a scenery. If you're colorblind, it may look like this. But if you're not colorblind, it may look like this. You see the difference? It's full and it's vibrant and it comes to life. And, and, and there are these things, I think they're called enchroma glasses that you can buy and you can give to somebody who is colorblind and they can put them on and they can see color for the first time. Now, if you want a rabbit trail, go look on the internet and search YouTube and waste a couple hours and watch video after video after video of people who are putting these glasses on that are seeing real color for the first time. And I wanna show you a 30 second clip of one of these videos. Watch this video. <laughs> Are you serious? You guys can see this every day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys understand, but I didn't know. <laughs> the grass look green? <laughs> yeah. This is unreal. Stop making me cry. <laughs> Beautiful. The very next thing that he says is that it's color like I have never seen. And folks, the kingdom of God is rich and is vibrant. And the more you know him, the more beautiful and real it becomes. But people who don't know Jesus, they're living life like they're spiritually colorblind. And it's dull and dreary and gray. And we, as a messenger of the king, have the opportunity to show them the King Jesus and invite them into his kingdom where they can see the richness and the fullness of the color of what Jesus has to offer. 
Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This relationship with God, it's new every day. I remember what our senior pastor, Gary Singleton, said last week when he was preaching on this stage. Um, He said it real quick and he passed by it and you guys probably didn't even think about it. Uh, But one of the things he said is this. Uh, He said, I I was reading the Bible this morning uh, and I read a verse that meant something new to me that I, I never quite read. I got something new out of a verse this morning. Now, mind you, he was about to preach and he was at home before he came to work and he was studying God's word for his own personal nourishment which I love that, by the way, anchored into the word. But for a man who has a doctorate in theology, he's telling you that, hey, listen, the scripture is alive and it's new. And every day I see new things about who Jesus is and the reality of his kingdom. Now, my question is, do you want that? Is that something you want? Is that something you desire? So I'm gonna ask you a question real quickly, a question that my wife told me never to ask again, right? But our, our, my, my first year of marriage, she said, don't ever ask me that question again, right? I was going to school and I was getting a marriage and family counseling degree and I used this scale system all the time. So I'd always tell her, hey, hey, listen, on a scale between one and 10, like how, how mad at, you, at me are you right now? Like, <laughs> like, are you just a little bit mad or are you like a whole lot of mad, right? Uh, or I would say things like, hey, listen, on a scale between one and 10, um, how wrong do you think you're being right now? Uh, now, that did not go well for me. And so I stopped that. And so I haven't asked this question in a long, long time. Uh, but I'm gonna ask that question again today. If you had to rate your relationship on a scale between one to 10, what would you rate it? Is it a one? Is it a five? Is it a seven? Now, think about five years ago. How would you rate your relationship five years ago? Now, was it better then? For some that would say, my relationship was so much better then. For some would say, no, it's better now. For some that would say, no, it's about the same. But this morning, as we look at the next passage of scripture in Luke, what I wanna do is I wanna give you four practical steps. If you're saying, okay, listen, I, I, I want this richness and this fullness of this kingdom, what do I do? And I would just say, follow Jesus' example. And we look in Luke chapter two, and we see, uh, we see what the scripture says. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and man. Four very practical steps that you can take to increase your relationship with the Lord and see the kingdom a little brighter this morning. The, the, the first step is... Jesus, in the scripture, Jesus grew and increased in wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom, and so should we. We we should grow in wisdom. We should gain, gain wisdom through the truth of the scripture, and we must immerse ourselves in this Bible. Now listen, we say this all the time. But there's a reason why we say this all the time. We say this all the time is because it's true. You will never grow deeper in your relationship with Christ outside of this word. If you rely on a preacher on a Sunday to give you the only spiritual nourishment you'll ever get, you're way behind. It'll never be fulfilling. 
But this word is alive, and if you want to gain wisdom, you got to get in it. You got to read it. You've got to absorb it. And you may say, I don't know what to do. And I would just say, just go to first15.org. It just gives you a ready-made devotional that you can study every single day and begin to build a routine to get in the word of God. If you wanna get to know God better and understand the richness of his kingdom, you gotta grow in wisdom. Number two, the scripture says that Jesus grew in stature. Now, he grew physically. Now, we do that naturally. We grow physically. In fact, there's many of us in this room that says, We want to stop growing physically, right? Like we're done growing, no more, right? Uh, It just kind of happens. But when you think of growing in stature, this is what I want you to think of. Uh, I, I want you to think of constantly training your body to be disciplined to seek after the Lord. Constantly training your body to be disciplined to seek after the Lord. We should never become a slave to our physical body. We gotta train it. Romans 8, 9 teaches us that the spirit of God dwells in you. The Holy Spirit resides within you. You've got to discipline yourself to keep things out that will drown the spirit in your life. You've gotta discipline yourself to create rhythms in your life and create space in your life that will help you connect deeper with the spirit. You gotta train your body. There are some things that we just don't need to be a part of because it drowns out the spirit. And you gotta be disciplined enough to say, I'm not gonna do that because it's not good for me and my relationship with the Lord. I'm not gonna feed that. I'm gonna be disciplined in my physical body and create a rhythm and be, and, and, and be disciplined so I can get up early in the morning and study the word. For some of you, it's just as practical as quit going to bed at midnight. And I'm not even joking. Go to bed at 10. You don't need to watch those two hours of binging TV shows. Just get rid of it. It's not good. And put in more of a discipline of meeting and communing with the Lord. The scripture says that he also grew in favor with God. Jesus grew in favor with God, and so should we. We must seek first God, and that must be our first and foremost thing. The greatest commandment is to love God more than anything else. One of the best ways that we can do this is to spend time with the Lord in prayer. How in the world are we gonna have a relationship that's ongoing and growing and vibrant if we never talk to him? We've got a put some margin in our life where we are diving deep in prayer and we are pleading with the Lord to work in our life and we are in communication with him just about our normal everyday life. The way that we gain favor with God is we commune with him and we have a relationship with him. So if you wanna get deeper in your relationship with the Lord and see the kingdom a little bit brighter, you gotta pray. And the last thing that verse says is that he also grew in favor with man. And just as Jesus grew in favor with man, we have to grow in favor with man as well. Two things here. Number one, we gotta submit ourselves to the authority of others so we can be trained to be like Jesus. 
Find somebody who's really smart, who's walking with the Lord and submit to their authority. Ask them to disciple you. And then there's a time that you've gotta be humble enough to actually take the time out of your life when it's uncomfortable and not fun to actually disciple someone else. When we look at Jesus and how he gained favor with man, you know how he did it? He humbled himself. He served. So if we are to gain a favor with man, we too must humble ourselves. Jesus died on the cross. That's how, that's to the full extent of humility he went. But we are to humble ourselves, to submit to the spiritual authority of others, to be trained and be discipled, and then turn around and submit and be humble to a point where we can train and disciple someone else. Now, this process of gaining the wisdom and stature, creating rhythms that you can meet with the Lord, favor with, the, with God and favor with man, it's not easy. There's lots of obstacles along the way. I mean, lots of obstacles along the way. But, but I, want, um, I want to remind you that the enemy would love nothing more than for that not to happen. John 10, 10 says, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can create chaos in your life where you never meet and grow deeper with the Lord, he will do that, and he will do that every time. And you may look at these four steps, and you may say, oh, no way, I, mean, I can't do this. There, there's no way I can do this. this. This is not for me, this is too hard. This, this is for like the smart people, I can't do this. I want you to go back to that verse in, in verse 52 in Luke chapter two, and it says this, and Jesus increased. Now, some translations, increased would actually be grow. So the whole idea is that Jesus grew and increased in favor with God and man and in stature. Now, that word increased, the Greek word is uh, prokopto. Now, I wanna read you exactly what that word grow and increase, this is exactly what it means. And this is exactly what Jesus did. To make one's way forward by chopping down obstacles. It wasn't easy for Jesus either. And if we are to grow in the Lord, if we are to increase in our understanding of who he is, it's not gonna be easy for us. It was never designed to be that way. But we've got to labor and fight and create margin to meet with the Lord. And if we do that, we will see the richness and the fullness of the kingdom like we've never seen before. And we'll be able to say, are you kidding me? This is God's kingdom? This is unbelievable. And that'll compel you to say, not only do I want this every day, I wanna drink it in like a fire hose, but it'll say, I am so desperate that my guys and my friends at work experience this as well. I'm so desperate that the guys on my school football team experience this as well. And I'm even committed to live a life different from them so they can see the joy that I have. Don't you want that kind of relationship with the Lord? So my question to you is this, and we're about done, but my question to you is, what, of those four things, what, what do you need to do? 
Of those four things, what, what, which one do you need to focus on this week? Is it, is it wisdom? Is it stature, creating the rhythms in your life to meet with the Lord? Is it, is it growing in favor with God? Do you need to increase in your prayer time? Is it in favor with man? Is it, hey, you need to take this step to actually be discipled or, or disciple someone else? What step do you need to take? Now, uh, one of the things I love about our staff is that we gather uh, every Tuesday, and every Tuesday we gather for um, a time of, of staff, and um, every other Tuesday we do these things called testimonies. And we have a lot of staff members, and a lot of us have been um, on staff for a long time. And, uh, and so what we do is um, every couple weeks somebody new shares their testimony. And this is Kristen. Uh, Kristen, you guys know Kristen. She sings every week. Uh, and I thank you so much. Um, and Kristen, a couple weeks ago, shared her testimony. And uh, I love what Kristen had to say. And when she was talking about that, I just said, you know what? I really want everybody to hear this. Uh, because Kristen's been with us for uh, three or four years, four or five years, what is something like that? I don't know. 19, you said? Yeah. Something like that. Okay, 19. All right. Um, now, we got Kristen because Brian, she was actually in Brian Jones' student ministry in Chicago, right? She grew up in Chicago, and then she went to college uh, and, at Belmont in Nashville. And so while she was there, Brian just like Facebook stalked her uh, and, then, uh, and, and just sent her a message randomly and said, hey, Kristen, um, I'm your old youth pastor. Uh, uh, maybe are you interested perhaps in an internship in Dallas? Took her completely off guard, right? Uh, but she came. And one of the things that she said in her testimony is she just kind of described a little bit about how she uh, increased in her relationship with the Lord significantly over the last three or four years here at the Heights. And so I just want you, we've talked a lot about it. So I wanted to hear uh, an example of someone who has experienced that, right? Yeah. Who has walked in the Lord and been and increased in their relationship. So tell us a little bit over the last three or four years, how has your relationship with the Lord grown? Yeah, um, so I grew up in a Christian household. I was taught to love and know the Lord and I accepted Christ um, and got baptized when I was 11. Um, I actually got baptized in a pool, which is really cool. But um, I knew that Jesus was my savior, but he was not the Lord over my life. Um, and it's very different to admit that we know Jesus has died for us. He's died on the cross for our sins and we're saved because of him. But to come under his lordship is a completely different thing. And so um, in God's kindness, uh, my freshman year of college, I rededicated my life to Christ. And the Lord was so kind um, to convict me um, that I had been serving two masters for a really long time. And um, I didn't know what it actually practically looked like to submit my whole heart, not just half of my heart to the Lord. And so in God's kindness, um, I rededicated my life to Christ. And I think a lot of times we think of conviction as something uncomfortable, and yes, it is uncomfortable, but it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, and so I'm so grateful for the ways that he, he was so gracious to me um, and calling me back home, yeah. One of the things I loved about your story, I thought it was so beautiful, was you, you talked about some accountability that you experienced spiritually when you got to the heights. And, uh, and, and one of those four things that we talked about this morning, that if we're gonna, if we're gonna really grow in our relationship with Christ, we, we've gotta humble ourselves to submit ourselves to some spiritual authority. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that journey and how has 
submitting to that spiritual authority helped you uh, get a better uh, relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so accountability and community is everything. Um, if you are not in community or accountability, I highly encourage you to be in that. Um, we're not meant to do the Christian walk in isolation. Um, community is the greatest gift from the Lord. And in God's kindness, he brought Brian into my life and Judd into my life and so many other people that poured into me and discipled me um, and, and called me out in love. Uh, it's one thing to be encouraged by people to say, hey, these are the things you're doing great in, but I see the way in which God has created you. And in order for you to become the woman or man of God that he's created you to be, um, these are some blind spots. Um, and so even with friendships, the Lord used friendships um, at college to just come alongside me and to know that there were people that struggled with kind of the same sin struggles um, that knew what it was like uh, to, to go through different things and uh, to rejoice with one another and to also weep with one another. And so um, I am so grateful for the people that loved me enough to tell me hey, I think this is something you're not aware of. And so I am so, so grateful for just the leadership at the Heights and for what they have done in my life. Yeah. I love that. Uh, well, we're honored um, by your um, leading every single week. Thank you. Thank you. I've told you multiple times, I think uh, your countenance and your presence with the Lord, um, it, it radiates. And the reason why it radiates, Kristen, is because um, it's real. I mean, you're not you're not up here, and it's not a, you're not you're not acting. This is not this is not a, a Broadway show, right? You what 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 we see from you is genuinely from the heart. And uh, and I just want to give you guys an invitation. So this is what's going to happen. I've asked Kristen to sing this song. You've never heard this song, all right? Uh, we'll have the words on the back. Um, and, and this, is, this is songs almost like Jesus is speaking over us or Jesus is singing over us. And, and I, I want, as, as Kristen sings this, I really want you to think about the words and then I really want you to think about this. What, what do you want to do or, or do you want to do anything to increase your relationship with the Lord? Uh, of the four things that we talked about, the example of Jesus, grow in wisdom, grow in stature, creating disciplines in your life, favor of God, prayer life, favor of man, submitting yourself to, to spiritual authority. Of, of those four things, what, is there one of those that you need to say this week, I need to take a next step in that? And, and this is what I want you to do. As Kristen sings that, I want you to draw a line in the sand in your heart and say, I'm going after that. I'm going after that. And then I want you to pray, commit it to the Lord, and this is what I want you to do next. I just want you to stand. Just saying, this is what I'm gonna do. I've made my decision, this is my commitment, and I'm just gonna stand. Now, we could have the whole room stand, but that's not the goal. That's not the goal. And you may say, hey, listen, my relationship with, with the Lord is rock solid. I'm doing all four of those things. So what I'm gonna do during this time is I'm just gonna stay seated and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray that the spirit would move and do his work in this room at this time. But, but if there's one of those four things, or maybe there's more than one, and you're like, that's me. I gotta do that. Then just as she sings, 
You prayed, you committed, and then you just stand as a testimony to your commitment. And people will be looking at you and that's okay. And I would even challenge you this. Family, friends, if you see somebody stand, go ask them after the service what they committed to and provide some accountability and encouragement in their life. Can you do that? We're better together. We're better in community. So let's be the community that God has called us to be. Um, So I'm gonna pray, and then you're gonna lead us, and then you're gonna do business with the Lord. All right, sound good? Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for this message this morning and the example that you gave Jesus Christ. You gave this example. This is how you grew. And and we wanna grow just like you grew. And, And we know that through your scripture, it was very clear. It wasn't easy for you, but man, you cleared out the obstacles and you made a way. And Father, let us the same, with the same vigor, let us clear out the obstacles knowing it's not an easy road, but we wanna commit it to you. So meet with us now. Confirm these commitments that we make in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.